so these are capillaries. Uh, capillaries. <laughs> yeah, so your capillaries are the smallest blood vessels for exchanging materials between blood and tissues. So mm. your capillaries are tiny. They average about eight microns in diameter. Ooh. A tenth of the diameter of a human hair. So look at your hair. Mm. Look at how thin it is. Your capillaries, a tenth of that. Isn't it like the one cell thick are the walls as yeah. well? So yeah. that nutrients they are. can cross the border. Mm-hmm. Woo, GCSE biology. Yeah. So red blood cells are about the same size as the capillaries. So they actually travel in a single file line. Isn't that like really interesting to think about? That is really interesting. We kind of look at blood on a macroscopic level. We see it's a liquid, but it is mm. cells suspended in a liquid. So in mm. the capillaries, which are so skinny, they have to be single file. Which I think is just an interesting visual. Just imagine that. <laughs> All over your body, there are these tiny little capillaries. And you have your little blood cells, your red blood cells, going in a single file line. <laughs> Traffic jam go crazy. Isn't that cute? I think it's kind of cute. Imagine, like, this is why when they get yeah. stuck, it's so, like, catastrophic. It's derived from the Latin word capillaris. Oh, capillaris. Yeah. Okay, capillary. Cat. Okay. You know what? I'm not a scientist. Capillaris? <laughs> capillaris? I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce things in Latin. So do you know what the purpose of the uvula is? N- no. Oh, really? Okay, <laughs> so it helps prevent food and any liquids that you're ingesting from going up mm. to your nasal cavity when you're swallowing. Oh, up your nose. It also has um, saliva secretion glands in it. Oh, I was going to guess, like, does it secrete saliva so here's my fact about it um Mm. which is not just what does it do um a fact they exist only in humans basically um whoa yeah um there are only two cases found in baboons with really proto underdeveloped uvulas in baboons and otherwise any kind of meaningful uvula that really like you can see it and like it's clearly doing something Mm. only humans we've only found it in humans so that is interesting wait so why is that is it because of the is it because of the skull structure i think it might have to do with speech but other animals have voice boxes like primates have voice boxes but i think our larynxes and like our like ent is so developed to be optimized for speech mm. in complex language that we needed maybe we needed to salivate more on like on a general level so we could talk more mm. i don't know this is conjecture it's yeah it also used to be speculated to be linked to speech and infant death neither of which are oh. proven so it is it is conjecture it seems i'm trying to like figure out like why humans are not other animals and the thing that i can mm. mostly think of is that we talk and other animals don't. Speech would definitely do it. I'm I'm also not sure what the difference is between like the structure of like the nasal canal and then your mouth and the positioning of that in relation to like other animals. Because I feel like with monkeys, right, it protrudes mm. from their face. But with us, we seem to have like fairly like flatter faces. Yeah, we have very flat faces. So maybe it has something to do with like the bone structure of that, you know, the positioning of the Yeah, I mean the cases were found in baboons, which are apes and not monkeys. Let me just double check that. Oh shit, no, they're monkeys. Holy shit. Um mm. never mind. I'm just gonna cut that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of like the antithesis of the other fact the patellus found in many tetrapods, not just humans. 
Um, oh. So mice, cats, birds, dogs. Interestingly, not in whales or most reptiles. And I'm saying reptiles oh. because reptiles are a weird category because similar to fish, like there are some groups that you might not want to count as fish and some groups you might not want to count mm. as reptiles. And of course, what I mean by that are birds. People don't want to think about birds as reptiles. So reptiles reptiles yeah um in humans the patella is the largest sesamoid bone i think i read some insane book called your inner fish by neil shubin which Ah. is probably one of the only like biology books i've ever read yeah we are descended from tiktaalik yes and it talks about like it's really cool because it kind (laughs) of goes into like how hands evolved from like fish Mm. and stuff and how like your limbs kind of evolved from fish which is really trippy to think about that we evolved from fish. Yeah, it is interesting. So tetrapods are evolved from lobed fin fishes, which makes us closer related to coelacanths than coelacanths are to salmon. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so the patella is the largest sesamoid bone, which are the bones that are embedded in a tendon or a muscle. Oh, okay. Babies are born with a patella made of cartilage that start to ossify later on only at around four years old which is really strange like they just they don't have bones there for like four years damn i guess if i scooter ankle a child then he'd just like immediately (laughs) collapse because no knees no kneecaps i'm also like envisioning like in my head you know in biology textbooks when they have like diagrams and stuff and then you like copy it out and it looks really terrible you copy out the diagram (laughs) from the textbook and it looks so budget like if that if, if that was actually what was in you, that is a severe medical problem. <laughs> no one can actually draw. If you can draw the pictures from the biology textbook, like that's genuinely scary to me because everything that I copied ended up looking so bad. That is a bonus episode of the YouTube channel. We are absolutely doing. <laughs> we try to draw like the knee. We do a draw off. I have a feeling that mine would just like, it's a plate, right? Mine would not look like a plate. <laughs> mine would absolutely not look like a plate. It'd probably look like a beam of some kind. Yeah, okay, I just want to go on like the tangent of talking about wings, like hands, right? Um, yeah. So flight has evolved in tetrapods. Like true flight, true like powered flight. So not like gliding, like your sugar gliders. It's talking about powered flight. So that's when the animal is actively moving its wings up and down to generate lift. <laughs> it's in birds and in bats, right? And not even all birds. Yeah. So what birds have, the arm is like this. Their fingers have been fused together yeah. and they have an arm inside. They have the arm bones in their wings and then their feathers come out from their arms. And that's yes. why they're articulated like that. If you ever look at your chicken wing. But like a bat. Yeah, bats are, their wings are made from their fingers, which is awful yeah the wings are made from the fingers so you can like you can see like the like a like a bat's wings looks like like that you can see like the the lines down the wing if you wonder what those lines are in the bat's wings those are their finger bones yep they've ex- they've gotten really long the finger bones are the thing that are holding the bat's wings together it's giving it that shape mm. it's really interesting to think about we talked about marine biology last episode that i hosted um but we didn't really talk about secondarily aquatic animals so there are multiple things that are secondarily aquatic whales like cetaceans being one group but you have your mm. pinnipeds and your sirenians who also are secondarily aquatic mm. animals and the ways that their tails evolved are also different so what whales did where they reduce their legs until they basically don't have any legs anymore. They have vestigial mm. hind limbs. They they do have this. They make the legs gene. And sometimes it turns on, so you might see like some whales with like little vestigial legs. Yeah. 
if you've seen a whale skeleton before, just looks like one long spine, essentially. Um, but if you look at your pinniped skeletons, what they did was their legs got close together, but their feet stick out. Oh. So they retained their legs. Their legs became the tail. That's Ooh. why they have flippers. The flippers <laughs> are the feet. That's cute. Yeah. It's interesting to think about that way. So like birds, um, th- this is an example of convergent evolution where multiple lineages of the tree of life evolve the same strategy or similar thing, mm. but completely separately. So secondarily aquatic mm. mammals develop their tails or like, you know, their swimming apparatus in different ways. One made their legs yeah. close together, the other got rid of its legs. And birds and bats both developed their wings, but in different ways. Mm. One of them mm. got their hands small and close together and the other <laughs> one made their hands real big. Um, so it's interesting to think about that way. What's crazy to think about is like this would have happened over thousands yeah. of years. No, not thousands of years, millions of years, millions, millions of, of years. years to cook up. Like evolution has somehow managed to produce like similar features entirely independent of each other through convergent evolution. I guess nature has her favorites. Yeah. We're going to talk about convergent evolution on this podcast a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to talk about convergent evolution yeah. all the time on the podcast. Yeah. Eyes eyes sight has evolved many many times blood blood's yeah. evolved many times as well blood is one of the most efficient ways oh yeah it makes complete sense why blood has evolved so many times yeah yeah for respiration it's needed for nutrients it's the circulatory system is great it's the easiest way to get things around yeah and it allows you to develop more and more complex organs with more and more complex different yes. types of cells because they all basically eat the same shit like, they all eat ATP, or whatever the hell. Uh, adenosine triphosphate, I think it is. Bestie, I don't know. I know it is ATP. <laughs> um, yeah, phosphorus. Really important for well, uh, life forms. Really need phosphorus, mm. because it is the part of the energy that we mm. use. And there's lots of it in the deep sea soup. Mm, exactly. The sea- <laughs> Callback. <laughs> the Cambrian uh- <laughs> explosion, guys. We're going back. The Cambrian explosion. Oh yes, Bill Watts. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling you about the pineal gland. So it starts with pine. What is a pineal gland? It makes melatonin and serotonin. So it's the happy and sleep gland. Oh, very important one. Yeah, very important <laughs> gland. All my homies with mental illness. This one, this one is, this is one is where the chemical soup comes from that makes you, mm. <laughs> that makes you wake up in the morning. We talked briefly about substance dualism in your episode, episode two, mm. Tattoos and Transhumanism. I don't know if we talked about it, but there's a problem of interaction, right? Substances, if they're completely different, how do they interact? How does the mind interact with the body? Descartes contended that rational thought was the necessary and sufficient condition of the soul so for a soul to be a soul it needed to be rational thinking and that was it the soul mind yeah and what he thought was the way that the body and soul interacted and i don't know if he genuinely thought this or he just had to like just come up with something when Mm. princess elizabeth was like hey what the fuck (laughs) he said the pineal gland was the seat of rational thought in the brain. Uh, and it held this seat because it was thought to be 
the only midline structure that was single and mobile and that that allowed for a unification of the nervous system. I don't think that he's onto something with this one. No, it's <laughs> not what the pineal gland does. It's Definitely not. consciousness is not sport. <laughs> Bro is onto nothing. <laughs> but, um, Descartes did a lot for modern philosophy. It's very important that we do respect what he's done. Shaya's like the biggest Descartes stan. I'm really not though. I think it's just important that we don't take the low-hanging fruit and pick jokes on philosophers that existed 400 years ago and wouldn't have known any better. Fair enough. Yeah, he did contribute a lot. Because it's easy to take cheap shots at Descartes, and it is with everyone. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that is the weird one about the pineal gland. 